Hello, my gardening friends, and welcome to this special bonus episode of the Just Grow Something podcast. This is an interview that I never thought I'd air. I recorded this interview with my husband, Arsenio, way back in January of 2022 as a way to test my processes before I began bringing special guests onto the podcast. I asked him to treat it just like he was a guest and not my husband, which he certainly did, right down to referring to me in the third person during the interview. Um, This interview was just supposed to be for me to test my recording equipment and maybe hone my interview skills a little bit and just sort of figure out the editing. But it turned into a very candid look at why my husband and I both enjoy farming as much as we do as former military. There's something to be said for military life, especially the Marine Corps. It's regimented. There's a strict hierarchy. There's a chain of command. There are orders to follow, and you know day in and day out what your duties are. And if you're someone who fits well into that sort of lifestyle and the mindset that's necessary to take on the demands of being in that lifestyle, it can often be very, very difficult to transition back to civilian life where those things don't always hold true. There are a lot of service members who have seen and done things that make it almost impossible to function in regular society. Working in agriculture in some way, whether it's with crops or livestock or working on machinery, can help with the transition. It's been proven. In today's interview, we talk a little bit about why the unexpected parts of farming that just don't seem to meet the definition of a regimented lifestyle actually fall right in line with what a veteran may be comfortable with. Let's dig in. Hey, I'm Karen. I started gardening years ago in a small corner of my suburban backyard, then moved to a five-acre lot outside city limits and expanded that garden to half an acre. What started as a way to provide for my family turned into a love for digging in the dirt and providing for others. Slowly, my husband and I built our small homestead into a 40-acre market farm through lots of trial and error and successes and failures. Eventually, I went back to school to get my degree in horticulture, and along the way, I discovered there is power in food. So I want to share everything I've learned with as many people as possible. This podcast is all about helping you become a better gardener and a better eater. Whether you're a seasoned gardener or have never grown a thing in your life, I want to give you the knowledge you need to get the biggest and best harvest you can. So settle in, grab that garden journal, and get ready to just grow something. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Arsenio, thank you very much for agreeing to come on the Just Grow Something podcast. I'm very happy to have you here. Well, thanks for having me, Karen. So you are a uh, United States Marine Corps veteran. You served for 23 years. You started out as a, a field radio operator and then taking on additional specialties as they were assigned to include uh, phone systems and computers and IT 
Had you thought about what you would do when you retired? I'm guessing that farming wasn't something you ever planned on. I think farming, Karen, would have been the farthest thing from my mind at the time. Um, uh, in high school, my aspirations were on my own welding truck because uh, I was in industrial arts for four years throughout high school. I figured I'm going to grow old being a welder. I'm going to have my own company. Um, I do have my own company. It's a farm. Uh, I get to weld on the farm every now and again. It depends on what I've happened to break that particular month. Um, to be honest, the whole time I was in the military, what I would do after never played a part in what I did. I was so focused on what I was required to do uh, that that was actually not even an afterthought. So, well, and that's, I mean, in the military, it's all about that routine, right? Like you you had said in your bio, it's the place to be, it's the, the time to be there, the uniform that you're wearing, the activities of the day, they're all part of a routine and they're planned out and they're coordinated every day, all year long. And there's a hierarchy and there's a chain of command. But civilian life isn't like that in most instances. And that's typically where military veterans have a hard time transitioning. So let's start with, first off, how you got into farming, and then maybe talk a little bit about how farming helped you with that transition from the military into civilian life. So let's be honest, who's to blame for you becoming a farmer? I'm still married. <laughs> and this is all her idea. Uh, yes and no. I mean, it, in, in a big portion of it, it, she was a driving factor, my wife. Uh, information technologies was one of the last disciplines I had learned in the Marine Corps. Uh, I had done it uh, up until my last three years. Everybody was leaving the military, going into information technologies with Microsoft, with Cisco, with Oracle Systems, working at hospitals, uh, industrial complexes, um, the financial industry, everyone had a computer, everyone wanted a computer expert. Um, I left the Marine Corps, did a couple years as a contractor with a company that had a contract with the federal government and found out how much I did not enjoy that particular skill set. I'll be perfectly honest. The, the idea that doing the same thing over and over again with little to no change computer systems, computer software, computer programs are all finicky. And when you put the human element to that, it becomes that much more complicated. Uh, after my uh, taste of corporate America, uh, my wife came to me and she said, well, we have one of two choices. Either you follow through uh, and do another 20 years working for someone else, or we quit that and we solely focus on what we're doing as a hobby which was the farm, and we've turned it into a business. So uh, did I follow through with my you know, high school dream? Yes, I own a business. Uh, is it a welding business? Not so much, but it is a good business. I'm enjoying it. Uh, my family enjoys it. Uh, uh, it's been a, a bit of a struggle uh, learning some of the things that I, I took for granted. And anything anyone says about farming being a non-challenging job, has no idea what they're talking about. So you had a comment in your in your bio. It said, you know, unlike the Marine Corps, crops have no discipline. They have no understanding of being there on time and dressed and ready for the day. So in going from that 
military sort of hierarchy and the regimen and the routine of things and then going into the civilian world and working in those IT positions where I mean you said they were military contracts so it did but it doesn't seem like that same type of hierarchy and that same type of discipline was there how do you how do you equate that to what you're doing now and being on the farm? Is it just the fact that you are your own boss and you get to make the rules? Or is there a certain routine or a certain kind of, you know, ebb and flow that happens on the farm that is similar to um, when you were in the military? This is where it becomes complicated. Uh, we have individuals that have had a military career uh, or have worked in a structured environment. Uh, and then we have those individuals that have never experienced that. Uh, for those of us that have served in the military, the most complicated thing is not knowing where to be, where, when to be, and how to be. Uh, a farm plays in that a big deal. Um, I do have routines on the farm. Uh, I have my feeding routine. Uh, when the crops are scheduled to go in, I have that as a routine. That's about as close to regimented as a farm will ever get. The weather plays a big part. It changes daily. It changes by the minute. Uh, the attitude of uh, my animals. Uh, some days they're extremely friendly. Some days they're extremely ornery. They want to see what the neighbor's doing. I don't want them in my neighbor's yard. Mm, sometimes my animals have a different opinion of what they should be doing that day. <laughs> the farm life is surprising from day to day. You just need to be prepared to deal with whatever it's thrown at you. Uh, for me, it's been very difficult. I'd like regiment. Um, my crops don't cooperate. Uh, I plant corn. It's supposed to come up. And when it doesn't, it's very disappointing. Uh, when I plant a crop and I fully expect to harvest by the end of the season, and I can't because I have a bug infestation or I have an issue of blight, you know, that's been you know predicated on, on bad weather uh, or, or it's been too dry or too wet, or I've had hail. I mean, the number of things that a farmer has to overcome is phenomenal. And to not give a farmer the credit due, he's managing what he can with everything that's out of his control. He can feed on time. He can plant on time. He can schedule the harvest on time. Mm, maybe not so much. Right. So do you feel like that's where, you know, the, the rigorous or I should say the routine of the the time management and the, the work ethic and, you know, the idea in the military that, you know, you have a job to do and you get it done no matter what. Do you think that has helped you as far as your farming pursuits are concerned? I believe the skill set that I acquired while I was in the military as far as time management has been helpful. Um, I think more than anything else is the routine. Um, feeding the animals roughly at the same time of every day, uh, going through the process in the same manner every day, portioning out what each, you know, the chickens get a certain amount, the horses get a certain amount, the pigs get a certain amount. Um, but even that can become complicated. We technically have two herds, our large herd, our small herd is at the barn. And then we have two, we have two special cases. We have ornery and we have gimpy. Uh, one's a very undersized pig, uh, tends to be a little on the unhealthy side. Um, and then we have ornery who's probably three or four times your size, they're roommates and they bring their own challenges to the farm. Um, 
do you think that it's easier for you to be able to tackle those challenges having come from a military background versus something else? I think, you know, if you if you grew up in a farm family, then that's something that you would be used to handling. It'd be something that you would have learned to handle early on. But coming from another job or another, you know, specialty and then moving into farming, do you think that your military background helps with you know, overcoming those challenges more so than maybe another coming from another field. I don't know. Let me let me try to describe this the best way I possibly can. The military culture, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, typically prepares its service members and, and and anyone that works alongside those federal agencies uh, to be prepared for the unexpected, uh, which can almost be guaranteed on the farm. Um, <laughs> people that don't come from this particular background uh, it's even more challenging because they have to learn to expect the unexpected and for some people it's not even possible to even fathom that they want uh what civilians consider to be a a, a regimented lifestyle they get up in the morning have their coffee uh, get in the car uh, make their commute check in at work check in through security uh, and, and with all the new facets of what's going on with, you know, the public health issues that are going on currently in the world, um, go through all that to sit down and do what they're tasked with at whatever they do uh, for a career. Uh, at the end of the day, they check out, uh, possibly go do some grocery shopping. They have it planned out in their head. Farmers do as well. But we have aspects in our life that don't cooperate with what we're hoping will happen that morning. Uh, typically I should get up have my cup of coffee, uh, maybe a, a bowl of oatmeal, maybe uh, an English muffin, run out the door, feed all the critters and go on with what I had planned the rest of the day. I'll give you a good example. Wake up in the morning, go feed the animals, go run a quick errand, come back, park the truck. My wife loads up the truck. She's got deliveries that day. She steps out and gets in the truck to go make the deliveries, not even a mile from the house, flat tire flat tire the truck was fine how did she get the flat tire from the time that i finished with it and parked it to the time that she left no idea so and then where we live complicates it even more because now neither her or i can remove the tire off the truck because road conditions and additives that have been added to the road have compacted into the rim now the rim is almost impossible to remove and so that's an unexpected that's an, an unexpected, unexpected bump in the road right and it's something you can't even plan for really right <laughs> but now we've learned now we've got and made a purchase and put the tools that the roadside service assistant came out and he taught me this is what you do these are the type of tools you need to have so what did i do ran to the store bought the stuff now it's underneath the seat so if it happens again at least i have the tools to work through this problem right is someone that doesn't farm for a living going to do that? Is someone that works at a grocery store going to go through that trouble? Or are they just going to depend on roadside? Assert? I can't I can't always expect to be able to call someone to come out to the farm because where I'm located here, their vehicles may not make it. The weather may not allow them to come help me. So I have to be as independent as possible. And I have to make sure I prepare everything on the farm that if anything that I'm out doing away from the farm, that if my wife is here or one of my other family members is here, the stuff is here for them to be able to do it. And do you feel like if you weren't farming for a living, that 
that wouldn't be something that you would be worried about. You'd be like, oh, okay, well, I live in town, and so I'm going to my IT job or whatever, and something like that happens, you know, I'm just going to call who I need to call and have them take care of it. You think farming, you know, has has made it to where you're just going to take that extra step to make sure you can do it on your own? I really think that anybody who's in the military is going to act the same way. I, I really don't think it's just inherent to farming. Farming brings out a lot of that. Um, yeah. But I really do it's think that, that, that military, military background and always being ready for the unexpected. Mm-hmm. My wife and I never expected to not be able to take a tire off a truck. We've been doing it off and on for years on the farm. To this, For this to happen and for me to go the extra step of actually buying specific tools for one specific task, okay, it's done. We're ready for it. I don't have to worry about this now. Uh, because I know she knows it's underneath the back seat. I've got this hammer. I got that hammer. I got these screwdrivers. I got this wedge. And this is how we go about doing the process of getting that tire off. If it happens again, I may never use those tools, but they're there. So switching, switching gears a little bit, you know, in your, in your bio, you mentioned that you are Puerto Rican. You have a, you know, a, a family, it's, you know, you, two of your brothers and a sister and that a love of food is a big thing for you. Is that part of the reason why you uh, chose the farming route rather than staying with that possibility of a second 20-year career in, in IT and you came back and decided to do farming instead? Was it about the food? To be honest with you, I couldn't see myself going to a facility, mine in particular, where I left at zero dark 30 in the morning spent an entire day uh, doing the same thing over and over again and coming home in the dark in bumper to bumper traffic just to go to bed and turn around and do the same thing in the morning. On the flip side of that, I get up at zero dark 30 in the morning. I leisurely have a cup of coffee or, or several, um, go out, the animals are waiting for me. They get fed, they get watered. They get additional bedding if it's the time of year that we need it. I fix some fencing here and there. I come in, have some breakfast with my wife. uh, And then we go out and take on the challenge of the day. Given the time of year, it's going to be different. Uh, It's either planting season or it's harvesting season. Or it's this season in between where we're primping plants. We're staking up tomatoes. Or we're we're pushing and training, you know, the the runners for strawberries. Um, uh, Making sure that the animals are where they're supposed to be, that the hot fence is running the way it's supposed to be, uh, the occasional surprise of a neighbor's cow or bull in the driveway. Uh, there are mornings <laughs> when we wake up and occasionally there's, you know, two or three deer walking up being nosy. We're having our coffee and they're coming up the driveway. They're saying hello and then they're off. That's a much better lifestyle for me. Every day is different. Uh, it's very surprising. It's very enjoyable. There are those challenging days where I drive my wife completely insane because i scream i yell uh, i toss tools some i found some i haven't mm-hmm. but it beats the alternative that routine is good for some things um the, t- the particular type of work that i was doing was no longer enjoyable this as challenging it is it's far more enjoyable as a military veteran and somebody who spent a long time in the Marine Corps and then had to transition from that service into the civilian life. 
is farming something that you think is a good option for military veterans in general to get them sort of transitioned from one to the next, even if it's just sort of a hobby, even if it's not something that they want to make as a career. Do you feel like it's a good a good way to transition from military service into civilian life? I think one of the ways that I would describe it is back. You mentioned that my my background is Puerto Rican. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's a, a culture group. Um, people from around the world, from different countries, have their own cultures uh, that they uh, you know subscribe to. Uh, farmers are no different. Farming is a culture. Um, it, it serves uh, a purpose in providing food. It serves a purpose in providing the materials necessary to provide clothing. Um, at whatever level a veteran decides to move forward in, um, when it comes to agriculture, as a better term, rather than just farming, um, sure, sure, sure. they can do small animal livestock. Uh, they can do large animals, cows. Um, uh, they can, um, I don't know, the possibilities are endless in, in the agricultural industry, um, producing food, uh, producing, uh, commodity crops. Um, I think it's mentally more satisfying, uh, for a lot of individuals that aren't prone to being in an office environment. And we have a lot of Marines. We have a lot of soldiers, airmen. Uh, sailors and, and coasties that do phenomenal administrative duties. They, their, their mindset is, is they're programmed that way. We also have a lot of individuals that are hands-on and you can't get the same satisfaction of a job because they can't touch it. They can't mold it. They don't get the satisfaction because by the end of the day, they don't see the fruits of their efforts on a farm. You see it. I got all this done today. Uh, I got all this planted today. I got all this harvested today. I got all these sheep sheared, as an example. You see your accomplishments minute by minute, day by day. Other industries don't give you that gratification. Uh, and, and we have a lot of veterans that need that. They need to see that I woke up, I got this done, I can go to sleep knowing that I got something accomplished and I'm going to turn around and do it again tomorrow. I'm just going to get that much more done. You can't do that in every job. Every Some jobs literally take years before you see, I got this done. Farming's different. You can see it day to day, week by week, month by month. Uh, I can't say that for every, everything that everyone does out there. You have to have a passion for whatever you do in your life. If you get enjoyment doing data entry, great. If you get enjoyment doing graphic arts, whether it be on a computer or on a physical canvas with real paint, great. Um, as a farmer, I can actually call myself one now. This is awesome. There, there are better lives. I don't know what they are. This is my better life. You, you said something early in that early on that said, you know, that farming, Puerto Rican is a culture. Military is a culture. Farming is a culture. So is it about a sense of camaraderie? Is that they're this sort of, you know, the military definitely is its own thing. And you have a very special connection to the people that you serve with. Farming and agriculture is the same thing. You're, you're sort of this own, your own collective. There's nobody else who understands sort of what you're going through other than those people who are in 
agriculture with you. Do you think that's part of it too? There's a you move from one sense of a sort of brotherhood into another one because there's other people who can relate to what you're doing. Absolutely. I mean, every yeah. culture has they have a cornerstone. There are some cultures their cornerstone is music. You have other cultures their cornerstone is the arts, whether it's dancing, uh, whether it's it's acting. Uh, and then we have cultures that it's their food. You know, you have wine that's indicative of European countries. You have um, fried foods uh, that are indicative of another culture. For farmers, it's what you do. And even in, within farming, you have subcultures. You have your cattlemen, uh, you have your sheep herders, you have your pork producers, you have your commodity crop producers, you have your hobby farm, you know, and you have those pseudo animosities. Oh, he raises cattle or, oh, he raises pigs. It's all in good fun. Uh, but you make those connections regardless of what that farmer uh, or rancher does. You guys are all have the, the biggest thing in common. All the men and women all have the same thing in common. They're working the land. They're outside. They're doing something every day, not only for themselves, but for their families and the community at large. Not every industry is like that. It, it, it's unique in unto itself. That's a great perspective. That's a great perspective. Okay, so as we wrap up here, I have a question. If you were to go back and talk to yourself when you were first getting into farming and you were first starting, what is one thing that you would tell yourself at the very beginning? Buy more land. <laughs> Literally, buy more land um, and, and do it now. And I think that's pretty much a, a, a good rule of thumb. If you're young and you have the ability to buy 20, 40, 80 acres, even if you don't use it right away, you have something to fall back onto later on, whether it's haying, whether it's running somebody's horses on it, whether it's running cattle on it, it's yours. Do whatever you have to to maintain it. Do whatever you have to to pay off, you know, property tax and whatever's involved with owning the property. Uh, but it's yours. You can farm it. Um, you can lease it. Uh, you can build several homes on it. Um, but don't destroy the land. Buy it early. Take care of it. Make the best out of it. And hopefully you'll pass it on to one of your children. Do you say that because you felt like you didn't have enough land to start with when you first started farming? Oh, we started on five acres. That was a joy. <laughs> Found out you can't keep five cow calf pairs and several bays of hay and keep those cows happy. Um, it's I had we had one cow on the farm, Uno, who while I was still in the military, we were we were starting this off as an experiment. Uh, thank you, Devin and Anthony, um, uh, for wanting pets. Um, it's really unusual to have corn in your pocket in a Marine Corps uniform. Um, to greet the cow that meets you every morning and wants her fistful of corn before she lets you out to your truck. But that's a thing here in the Midwest. Now I know. Oh, that's awesome. I think that's a perfect note to end on. I really appreciate you coming on and talking to me today. And uh, I, I'm very glad that you have made the transition to farming and that you are, are happy in what you are doing. Well, thank you, Karen. And thank you for having me on your podcast. 
I thought going ahead and airing this interview um, was poignant given that today, November 11th, is Veterans Day here in the U.S. when we celebrate the service of all our U.S. military veterans. It's held on November 11th because it was originally called Armistice Day and it was celebrating the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month of 1918 when the armistice with Germany went into effect, effectively ending World War I. This also coincides with Remembrance Day in many other countries. If you are or you know a military veteran in the U.S. who might be interested in working in agriculture but doesn't know where to start, I will leave links in the show notes to multiple organizations that were founded specifically to help. We belong to the Farmer Veteran Coalition, but there are others out there, along with organizations that use farming and agriculture as therapy for struggling veterans. All that info will be linked in the show notes. Until next time, my gardening friends, keep on cultivating that dream garden, and we'll talk again soon. You just finished another episode of the Just Grow Something podcast. For more information about today's topic, head on over to JustGrowSomethingPodcast.com for all the episodes, show notes, blog posts, discount codes, and more. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter while you're there. You can also head to Facebook and join a community of other gardeners asking questions and sharing their experiences in the Just Grow Something Gardening Friends Facebook group. And if you want to support this show even further, head to patreon.com slash just grow something to find out how. Until next time, my gardening friends, keep learning, keep growing, and we'll talk again soon.